Meister Shani, Perik Dalid, Mishnah Dalid, 4-4. We just established that when one redeems his own Meister Shani, he has to be Mosef Chomish, add an extra 25%. And that applies, of course, if it's his own produce. But if it's someone else's produce he's redeeming, redeeming then there would be no extra Chomish to be added. So our Mishnah here is going to say that one can do Ha'arama. One can actually um, exploit a legal loophole that exists, L'Chanchila, and circumvent the requirement to add a chomesh. First, just a etymological point. The word ha'arama, with an ayin, is talking about um, exploiting some, doing something kind of tricky, cunning, but that is mutter, as opposed to mirma, without the ayin, that's what we say in the Elokai at the end of Shemona Esrei, which we definitely do not want to do. We say that we should protect it from our Sfasai Medaver Mirma, from our lips speaking Mirma, that's deceitfulness, that's lying, that's referring to something which is forbidden. So here we have Ha'arama, and the Mishnah says, Ma'armin, one may exploit a legal loophole, al-ma'as Shani, when one is redeeming his ma'as Shani. Ketzad, how does he do it? So he'll need to now find someone who will participate with him. Again, this is this is mutter. Um, but he'll need someone who is acting as an independent legal entity, and therefore he couldn't use, let's say, a minor child or a or an evidi kanani, because those people essentially are extensions of him financially. When a child finds something, so what they find goes to the father. When an an evid kanani, an a slave, finds something, it automatically belongs back to the owner. So they won't do. We need to have someone who's independent, an independent legal entity, um, and also. What's happening here cannot be happening through a shlichus, through appointing an agent. If one would appoint an agent and say, on my behalf, please do this redemption, so the agent must be most of the chomish, he must add that fifth, uh, because he's acting as an extension of the owner, redeeming the owner's produce. So what we have to have is a scenario where our confederate here in the Sarama is going to be someone who could be trusted, but acts independently and is a separate legal entity. So the Mishnah says, for example, Omar Adam Levno Ulavito Hagadolim. You could speak to your child, <clears throat> excuse me, assuming that child is a Gadol, that would mean a boy is past bar mitzvah 13. A girl technically actually would have to be 12 and a half, um, not just 12, for whatever technical reasons. Um, that's at what point she becomes like a financially, I'll call it independent potentially. Uh, there is a machlokas, by the way, what's with so much shulchano, what about people who um, still depend financially on their parents, um, they still live at home, etc., they're fed by their parents. That is actually brought down as a bit of a machlokas um, in the shulchan aruch, but it may well be that uh, in this particular mission's case, it doesn't actually matter. So one would say to his beno or bito, his son or daughter, hagdolam, assuming that they're mature, independently entities, or la'avdu l'shivchaso ha'ivrim, or he can even speak to um, some servant he has who is a Jew, an Evid, Ivri, an Evid Ivri is a Jewish servant, or a Shivchaso is a, a, a Jewish, again, a Jewish girl servant. So such people are really, these are just sort of indentured servants, but this Jew who is an Evid Ivri is his own legal entity. He's a full-blown Jew with his own legal rights, and as opposed to Evid Kanani, and one doesn't own his person. He essentially just owns um, the product of his, the Evid Ivri's labor. So the Evid Ivri just has the status essentially of a of a sahir, of an employee essentially. And that being the case, they are independently lanthes and could be used for this harama. And one says to them, Helach Maos Elu, Ufudelach 
Take this money I'm giving to you, and it's going to be now your money, and redeem for yourself this Maeser Sheni. Meaning, for example, I have four shekels worth of grapes that I want to redeem. I will give four shekels to my son. I'll say, son, here, this money is for you now. You can have this money. And now redeem the... Now we have the important essential point here at that moment is the money is owned by one party, my son, and the grapes are owned by another party, me. And in that case now, when the son redeems deconsecrating the grapes onto the coins, now the coins have been deconsecrated not by oneself, and that being the, excuse me, the grapes have been deconsecrated not by oneself, and that being the case, the grapes are deconsecrated, and four shekels for the four shekels worth of grapes is sufficient, and the grapes are now deconsecrated, and the coins that were used to deconsecrate them are now invested with Ketushas Maishr Shani. My son will have to go spend that money in Yerushalayim, or he could just give it back to me. And that's what probably would happen here. What probably will happen, the reason why I'm bringing my son in here is because um, I will get the coins back from him as a gift. Those coins retain Kedushas Maishr Shani, so I have to spend them in Yerushalayim. But effectively what I've done is I've ended up, at the end of the day, with deconsecrated grapes, my four shekels back in my pocket, and it cost me four shekels and not five shekels to redeem my grapes. That was the Harama. Of a low Yomar cane, what one cannot do is say that Livno Levito Akhtanim to his underage son or daughter, since if they're a child, they're not independent legally and therefore they can't own the money that the father gives them, separate from them. Ula Abdul or to non Jewish slaves, male or female, because again, they're extensions of him economically. Because their hands are like his hand. Just a side point. There is a kasha lurking here, which needs to be ironed out. And if you if it bothers you, you'll have to do a bit of research. I'll keep it very short here. A girl who is an an avid a Jewish girl. So we're talking in our case, she's called a shifra. That's quite unusual. But when it's it's a it's a it's a ivri, so an avid ivri female. So amavria usually called. So that amavria really can never be twelve years old or older. The rule is that a Jewish slave girl, I mean a girl sold into slavery as a Jew, um, only can be the Amavri until the age of 12, at which point she goes free one way or the other. So there's a question, how could it be that such a, you could have it both ways? How could you have a girl who's older than 12 and yet can remain an Amavriya? So that's a question. One answer is that there are sheets that hold that if a child is old enough to um, be physically responsible and take care of what you give them, um, they can be considered economically independent. So it could be that's the case with this girl. Um, There are other possibilities, um, but if it bothers you, you'll have to look more on your own.